Good evening and welcome to My Poor Friends. This is Jamie Q-Tip. I am joined in the studio tonight with some new faces. First, my longest known friend-ish almost, Kelly. Kelly, say hi. Hello. Hello. And Michael's spouse, Sean. Sean, say hi. Yo. <laughs> oh, God. He's trying to sound all butch, right? Yeah, right? He's That's not you. That is not Sean, let me tell you. Okay. Uh, okay, so since Kelly and Sean are new to us, we are going to go ahead and do some icebreaker questions. Uh, we talked earlier about how much icebreaker questions we enjoy those and how my son wouldn't mind having an entire episode of icebreakers. So well, that may be coming soon. Who knows? We'll see. Okay, so my first icebreaker question. If you could choose anyone famous as a best friend... Who would you choose? Sean already has an answer for this. So, no, let's let Kelly go first. So, mine would be Pink or Dolly Parton, but we're going to go with Dolly Parton because she's part of one of the movies we're going to discuss. That is true. Is it because of the boobies? And I've loved her longer. (laughs) I've never been about her boobies. I have. Or her titties. Her titties. We were talking earlier at dinner. uh, What is our favorite dirty word? And a lot of us agree titties is our favorite dirty word. So we're sharing that now. Uh, By the way, we have attempted this podcast once before and my computer crashed. So we moved to a different computer, which means I've already gone through one entire beer. And so now that I'm starting on my second one, this could get more interesting interesting that's right all right so no okay we don't care about dolly parton's titties we care about her boobies personality (laughs) sean that's just another word for titties Oh my God. Okay. So yes, I'm going to, I love Dolly Parton too. I would love to have, cause like, I think everything would, every day would be good with Dolly. Mm-hmm. Like I literally envision her with little cartoon, like birds flying around her. Butterflies. Butterflies. For and, sure. And animals like, like send a fucking Rella, like right? nine to fucking five. Right. That's yes. right. That's right. She was in nine to five. Yeah, with was. that. I forgot about that. So yes, that's how I envision her. Clearly that was my first version of her mm-hmm. and that's how I envision her. All right, Sean, who's yours? Betty White. <laughs> so Kelly and I joke because Sean's very favorite TV show in the whole world is Golden Girls. So this is not a surprise. But we asked him earlier, so if you two were playing Golden Girls and Betty White was playing her character, what character would you play? And he, as quickly as I asked the question, answered... Blanche. <laughs> so we asked him why. And his first response was, oh, she's smart. And then he's like, and she's pretty. And we're like, and she's a slut. And he's like, no, no. Yeah, right. So, yes, that does not surprise me in the least. All right. (laughs) He's over there. Mm, mm, mm. Mm-hmm. All right. So, my next one is, and this actually surprised me because we did discuss this when we started the first podcast originally. Would you rather never have to work again but still be able to support yourself or never have to sleep again and you will never feel tired or suffer negative health effects from it? Never work. You'd never work. What about you? Absolutely never work. And you both said it's because you love sleeping. (laughs) We love sleeping. So I love sleeping as well, but I think like if I didn't have to sleep, I mean, 
My house would always be like, clean. Would it? Yes. You I would, get you would use that extra time to clean your house. I do it to do things some things that are productive. I'm just curious. <laughs> Is that a real answer? I'm just saying I'd be very productive. Got it. And, okay. And I would be able to watch like every show on Netflix, right? I, I think you'd get bored. But you'd run out of shows. I don't Sleeping think I is would. fantastic. Sleeping is fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I see it. I get it. I'm just saying, like, God, I'd be so productive. And then I could do all my work, you know, like on Monday. 24 hours straight of work on Monday and half a Tuesday. And then I'd be done for the week. Like, that'd be badass. Hmm. All right. So um, earlier, Sean mentioned a, a previous would you rather question. So I'll ask it again. Would you rather all, okay. Oh, at the end of the night, would you rather drink all the half-finished drinks left in the bar or eat all the half-finished food? Oh, and I said both. That's right. You said you'd drink all the drinks and eat all the food, which is hilarious because we never see Sean drink or eat. Right. Like he has a pina colada tonight and it's just shocking to us. You'd really do both or are you just saying that? Because you know the question implies that it's alcohol. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Does that change it at all? Not, it's not just 50,000 gallons of, of tea. water. Yeah. No, but I heard Richard and Michelle's um, podcast last week. Yep. Thank you, by the way, for being a listener. And <laughs> I heard it too. Thank you for being a listener, everyone. Thank you. The way that they both, you know, the backwash and all that other stuff and. After you have a couple of drinks, that probably doesn't matter, and it kills that's all the. Rich oh, and all Richard's the, holding of it. Kills all the herpes. Stuff, that's not how that it works. It doesn't no. kill herpes. I was yelling I at know. it. I'm like, Richard, that's not how that works. I know. I'm with you too. I'm like, no, no. That's how you <laughs> that's get how a how disease, get at least. So Michael's here producing on his phone. By the way, I'm doing a great job. <laughs> well, you're as <laughs> you're as effective as anyone I can imagine. But uh, yes. No, oh, he wants it again. Uh, at least as good as Julie. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely better than Helen. And that's all we care about. Fucking Helen. Okay. All right. But no, I'm with you. Like, no, you get the herbs no matter what. Alcohol doesn't kill that shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no. And I feel like if I am drinking everyone's drinks. like I'm with you on the backwash thing. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I was not a fan of the question. I, I mean, I would truly not want to do. I, I think I think everyone would not. I, I would not do no. either. Right. I but, can't even pick I mean, an answer. It's so I, bad. They're I, both it's so, so bad. bad. Yes. See, my thing is, is that most people eat with a knife and fork. So you're not going to get a ton of backwash on the food. But with drinks. You, but you think ain't. about how picky you are with food. I am. So this could be leftover fish and shrimp. So that was my that was my concern is it salad. Has, it has to be food that I don't. I'll, I'll eat a salad, but I'm definitely not eating shrimp and fish. That's for damn sure. Right. So I'm with you there on. Okay, yes, I I don't want to eat food I don't want to eat. But same with drinking. I don't want to drink drinks that I don't want to drink either. All right. Okay. So let's move on from our questions. Okay. So our topic tonight. Oh, we didn't say what our topic was tonight. We said it in our last one. We didn't say it tonight. Well, now's a good time. Now's a great time. Okay. So our topic tonight is Julia Roberts. Um, When we were coming up with topics, both Kelly and Sean expressed their love for Steel Magnolias. And so we started thinking about what could we make that into an episode. And um, really, it came out that wouldn't it be great to do Julia Roberts and Steel Magnolias and Pretty Woman? 
but I did go back and I was looking at the other movies that Julia Roberts been in and it's just really surprising to me how many things she's been in like in fact we were just looking at this list but my absolute favorites were um, of course Mystic Pizza that was the first one she was in um, which I loved I loved Mystic Pizza what year was that though Producer. I mean, she's been doing movies for like 30 years. Yeah, but, and that's, I 20, think that's the very 20 first some odd one. years. Let me look. All right. Mystic Pizza is Mystic 1988. Yeah. 1988 was Mystic Pizza, and then 1989 was Steel Magnolias. Um, and she did two in 1991. She did Sleeping with the Enemy and Hook. That's pretty impressive. And mm-hmm. Dying Young was 1991. That bitch was busy that year. <laughs> I mean, it was, that was impressive. Um, so, yeah, I was like, Mystic Pizza is good. 1998. I mean, we just were fresh. I'm not going to say what we were fresh out of, but we were fresh out of something. Grade school. <laughs> Grade school. <laughs> yeah, we were. Cheers. That's right. Um, one of my favorites was Flatliners. I watched that over and over and over again. I don't remember a lot about it, but I, yeah. That was the key for Sutherland. I remember I liked where, it. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Where they die. Yeah, I just haven't seen it Seen it since, in so long. Yeah. I know, but I remember it being like... Uh, the Baldwin brother that did it, like when all the women came back, I was like, oh my God, that's terrifying. I don't know why, but that was terrifying to me. I feel like I need to go back and watch it now. Now uh, yeah, I'm intrigued but, again. But they made the remake. and I don't, I don't want to see the remake. I don't either. I don't either. I have no desire to Generally see Generally not a fan of the remake culture. I, I'm not It either. was good though. The Fair, remake? Uh, it was good. Was yeah, it? The, yeah. Okay. Who, do was you remember Ellen who was Page in it? was in it? Wasn't oh she? hell no! I didn't even remember Julia Roberts was in the original one. Ellen Page, maybe I maybe just totally uh, making no, that up. No, but if it's Ellen Page, I might I might be more down for that because Ellen Page is an awesome chick. Okay, uh, another one, Sleeping with the Enemy. I remember Sleeping with the Enemy in the little house that she bought at the end when she or you know mm-hmm. when she left her husband or whatever. Like the first house was gorgeous, but the second house was so charming. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's the house I want to live in. <laughs> I remember that real well. Mm-hmm. Um. Something to talk about was great. And Kelly, what what did you say was your favorite Julia Roberts movie? Stepmom. Oh, that's right. Stepmom. Yep. That's a great movie. Susan Sarandon is another one that should have her own episode on this podcast. Because sure. I just love Susan Sarandon. Right. And I always cry. Do you remember Stepmom? Did you see it? I think I did, but I don't remember it. <sighs> Where Julia Roberts is party. the stepmom. Yeah, we should like... For Kelly's birthday, we're all going to watch Stepmom together. We're all going to cry together because that's, that's what right. you do. Oh, God, you just bawl. I, well, that's, that's true. Our, yeah, that's a terrible our producer birthday. pointed out that that's, yeah, yeah. that's not the most... Let's not do it for my birthday. <laughs> it's not the most cheerful of, of yep, birthday experiences. Yeah, we'll figure out some time yeah. else to it's watch so, it. I can't believe you haven't seen it, Sean. I, 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 I probably have, but I probably don't but, remember. So good. It is so good. It doesn't stand out to me like Steel Magnolias and yeah. Pretty Woman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the ones that I haven't seen, I was telling you this earlier that surprises me because I know that so many people have seen them and loved them. Uh, Eat, Pray, Love, which you guys were saying you thought was just okay. It wasn't memorable to me. Okay. I think she was good in it. She's good in everything. Yeah. But what as did a you... movie, not memorable. The that other one good. that I haven't seen is Aaron Brockovich. And then that, what was that one? The one that we looked up because I couldn't remember the name of it. Oh, uh, Charlie, Charlie Wilson's, Wilson's War. War. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, I've never seen Aaron Brockovich. And both of you said that that was a really good movie. So I, I clearly I have some education. catching up to do. Right. I, and seriously, because it's been a while. All right. So Steel Magnolias came out in 1989. It started as a play and is based on real people. You saw the play with your mom, right? I saw a version of it. I yeah. If it was the same one. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so you'll love this. Well, 
Everyone here will love this. I'm positive. So Betty Davis saw the play in New York. She immediately began to push to be cast in the film as Weezer, which was Shirley McLean's part. She also thought that Catherine Hepburn could make a fantastic Clary and Elizabeth Taylor would be the perfect Truvy. Um, I thought it was hilarious that these old lady, because this is, you know, 89 so it's not like it's they the weren't 60s. spring chickens they weren't spring chickens that's exactly right here are all these like older hollywood elite that wants to make this movie i thought that was an interesting story and you know the fact that they ended up not it was kind of surprising why didn't they do we know uh no i did not look that up. it was okay, not okay. on the internet <laughs> not on the interwebs <laughs> yeah exactly um but can you imagine if it was betty david do you think it would have been as good a, a good a movie i can't imagine it with anyone else in any of the roles right i just i feel like they were all perfect for the yeah for, for their the, role so i do too except for daryl hannah's role and really? all, yeah for some reason and and don't get me wrong i thought daryl hannah did a great job but i don't I, I never thought that that was clearly like to your point. I see Sally Field as Malin, Malin, and I'm yeah. like, that's her. Yeah. And same with Truvy, like that perky, like you know, there are other people that I could see maybe taking those roles, but would not have been good as Dolly Parton, you know. Right. Um. But when I think about d- d- the Daryl Hannah role, for some reason, I'm like, and I can't remember what her name was. I'd have to go. Anel. Anel. I, I feel like another character, another person could have acted that one out yeah could I have the, but i still liked her i did too. i do i'm not saying i didn't yeah. i just that one to me is not i can't imagine anyone else in it you yeah. know what i'm saying yeah i think the character is just kind of a boring character yeah by design it so yeah it is you're right don't know who would make it more exciting <clears throat> so meg ryan laura dern and winona Ryder were all considered to play shelby Mm-mm. right I, I feel like that Shelby character has that sweetness, that pink. Oh, yep. Pink is my signature color. I cannot imagine anyone Her colors else. Colors are blush and, and bashful. Yeah. I can't imagine them saying anything else than that, right? <laughs> right. So I was surprised when I read that. I'm like, as an actor, if I had read that, I'd be like, well, this isn't me, right? And I would have passed that by. So I was surprised that Julia Roberts. I mean, that anyone other than Julia Roberts would have been like, oh yeah, you know. Right. The only one I could see is maybe Meg Ryan because she yeah. was kind of an America's sweetheart yeah. at that time. Um, I still don't think that she would have been nearly as good, obviously. But I was like, okay, I maybe could see Meg Ryan, but why not a writer at that point had yeah. established herself as pretty a particular type of character. That's right. Yeah. All right. So Daryl Hannah was originally deemed as too hot for her role as an L. I thought that was weird. Right. That. She well, I mean, was- she was kind of the hot thing at that time, so I could. She was in Splash. She was in. Yeah. If you're just discussing it ahead of time, I can see it, but I think she did a really good job. I don't think she sexied it up or anything. I don't, I don't either. think so either. All right. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting that Daryl Hannah was originally deemed to be too hot for a role as an L. To your point, I mean, she was the hot thing. She was in Splash. She was right. in a couple of other big things like that. And I remember in Roxanne, like she was the hot, right. you know, ingenue. So I get it. But when she played that character, I was like, oh, she's per- I mean, yeah. she looked great. She's. Yep perfectly she downplayed the hotness right mm-hmm. in a perfect way yep um so after the movie julia roberts and dylan mcdermott got together not surprised i know right she does this with everyone well, i'm kind of well not anymore not anymore <laughs> yes that is true she got the cameraman and she was done that is true which is good but i yeah. was surprised like how many of i'm surprised that doesn't happen more often to be honest with you really well you're on set with these people kind of exclusively for months nine and years months, 10 months a year and if you're playing husband and wife like you're yeah i see that 
All right. So um, the one thing that I loved about Steel Magnolias was how little the men played a role in the movie. I'm sorry, Sean. But like, how awesome is it that here's an ensemble cast of primarily women and mm-hmm. they just kick ass and they get award after award after award? Right. I think that's awesome. I do, too. Do you? Yeah. I'm, I wasn't offended that there weren't any men. Standout. Standout characters. I mean, this movie was really seemed like a chick flick. And maybe yeah. a gay man flick. flick. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting because so many chick flicks are about romance. And while they're romantic. This was about their re- the women's relationships. Right. Exactly yeah. right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So many of these are about romance. And here there was romance. But right. that wasn't the theme of the movie. Right. And I love that. I agree. So what I really also loved about Steel Magnolias were the one-liners. I thought the one-liners oh, were oh, one of the best loved movies for them. it. Right. They were so good. Um, so before I read some of my favorites, what what were your favorites? Or do you want me to read these and then you can... Okay, Sean's real excited. Uh, go ahead. No, just... Oh. All right, tell us what yours is. Malin, what's wrong with you these days? You got a rain beer... Brain beer. <laughs> <laughs> Sean's drunk. <laughs> a reindeer up your butt. <laughs> you remember that one? Yes, I do. Okay. Yes, I do. That wasn't on that list. I was really surprised. No, it wasn't. You're right. When I, I so I googled like best one liners from Steel Magnolias, and then there was list, one but, other one, which is and I don't remember that being on that list either. They were out at the cemetery, and they were oh gosh, um, Olivia Dukak- Dukakis um, was Clary. Clary, Hitta. Yeah. Hit her. Knock her lights out. <laughs> Knock her lights out, Malin. Yes. And then when she's like, laughter through tears is my favorite expression. I love that. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite? I couldn't pick a favorite. Um, first one that came to mind, though, was he's a real gentleman. I bet he takes the dishes out of the sink before he pees in it. I remember being a child and my parents laughed so hard at that line. <laughs> I did not understand it. Like, I had no idea. Why is that funny? Maybe he has to pee in the sink. Who knows? Like, I remember, because, right, we were only, uh-huh. I'm not going to say our age, but we, we were, were young. young. We were pre-high school. We were young right. when that came out. And I remember, like, not understanding why that was so funny. Right. Uh, but now I think about it, and I'm like, oh, my God, that is fucking genius. Yeah. Like, that's comedic genius. Well, the one that there. we had. For years, I, I love you more than my luggage. I know. We say that all the time. I love you more than my luggage. Like, that's just, mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's ingrained in our nomenclature at this point. I forgot about that. So, one of my favorites, I'm not crazy, Malin. I've just been in a very bad mood for 40 years. I thought that was so crazy. Mm-hmm. That was hilarious. Um, there were some other ones here that I enjoyed. Uh, like, the only thing that separates us from the animals is our ability to accessorize. Mm-hmm. I thought that was funny. Um, but my favorite, my favorite part of that movie was when they had the groom's cake and it was the armadillo <laughs> and he goes up to Weezer and he's like uh, uh. and he asks for a piece of cake and she cuts off the tail and he goes thanks Weezer nothing like a good piece of ass <laughs> like I remember the first time I saw that and I was like oh that shit's funny and it's still hilarious to me now because uh-huh. I love Tom Skerritt too yeah. I think Tom Skerritt is a great actor and yeah. he did such a good job in this movie and yes him telling Weezer there's nothing like a good piece of ass I'm like that is awesome mm-hmm. I think that is the hot. relationship between those two characters it really is was it really fantastic. is fantastic yes you're mm-hmm. absolutely correct um so one thing I noticed, Julia Roberts' accent was pretty fake in the movie. Like, see, you said that, and I don't. I thought you don't it was, notice it. Oh, I think it's a generic Southern accent, but I mean, she's from Georgia. Yeah. So I think she's got a bit of an accent. 
the thing I noticed because I went back and just watched clips because I'd read that and was like, I don't remember her having a horrible accent. She drops the accent at times. Yeah. Completely drops it. Yes. So that I get. Yeah. I didn't find the accent that terrible personally. I think that's what I noticed was uh, sometimes it would be, I know I spilled beer every time I have one of these. By the end of the podcast, I'm like spilling on myself, licking the side of the glass. I'm a hot mess express here. Okay. I think our cleavage is thirsty. I know. The fact that I actually get a podcast out the goddamn door is shocking. Like (laughs) that is surprising. But anyway, um, so I think that's what I noticed is that sometimes it's a very pronounced accent. Not that it's like a bad accent, but it's so pronounced. Then other times it's non-existent. Yeah. I think that's what I'm picking up on. But it, so it, that distracts me at times to where, and here's the reason why is because I hear Weezer and Clary and they all have a continuous, they stick with theirs. perfect sure. accent. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I see that. And that may be the only reason. So that's what yeah. I was wondering. Does it distract you Not or no? no? You? Okay. No. Just me then. All right. Uh, anything else about Steel Magnolias that you particularly loved or want to talk about or remember as fantastic? Just get off my bench. <laughs> Get off my vent. Get you twisted for color TV. <laughs> that was one of the one-liners that I put in here. Get your roots done. That's all right. Get your roots. All right. So let's move on to Pretty Woman. Uh, very different story, obviously. Came out the next year in 1990. The approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes is 62%. That surprised R- right me. Right now or at the, well, right now. Rotten Tomatoes at the time? So. Yeah, no. Yeah. Right now, I'm like, I thought it would have a higher approval rating, right? I mean, who are these people? I, <laughs> They're Rotten I mean, Tomato I don't, people. I don't, I don't know. I don't know these Rotten Tomato people. <laughs> Clearly, we wouldn't be friends. <laughs> They're rotten. <laughs> so, <laughs> these are fucking rotten people. <laughs> They're the people on Rotten Tomatoes. That oh. tells me nothing. <laughs> They're just used. Okay, never yeah, mind. Yeah. We, we can move on. <laughs> I don't like these people. I was surprised. I mean, I'm with you that like... 48% of people or 38% of people like did not like. Yeah. I was shocked. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. I, I wondered if I was the only one that was surprised at that percentage. So no. it doesn't sound like. All right. So neither Richard Gere nor Julia Roberts were originally thought of as Edward and Vivian. Al Pacino and Burt Reynolds turned down the role of Edward. I heard Denzel Washington as well. Did you? Yeah. Like, okay. Can I just say, so Denzel at the time was a good looking, you know, Pelican brief and, but Burt Reynolds. Now don't get me wrong. Yeah. I fucking love me some Burt Reynolds, but, but not for that part. Not for that yeah. part. And to me, Denzel Washington play like he plays Denzel Washington. He, to me, he's the same character in every day in movie. I, I see that. I definitely see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael's nodding his, our producer is nodding his head as well. But I think Burt Reynolds would have been fucking awesome. Is that no? <laughs> oh yeah, Burt Reynolds can no. do anything. Burt Reynolds, take the microphone ah, away. He would have. He would have given it up. <laughs> Richard Gere was best. Okay, so if you didn't hear our producer said, uh, as our producer said that if that Burt Reynolds would have given it a, a different sensuality that Richard Gere did not bring, I think that would have given it a completely different feel too. I do too, but I also see Burt Reynolds as someone. <laughs> This is going to sound terrible. And maybe this is because of his previous acting, but I see him as someone who actively goes out and gets prostitutes. Right. So that's where I think right. that's a stretch. Right. Right. I, so that's where I'm like, okay, that's not a stretch. So Richard Gere getting a prostitute to me was like, okay, he was fed up with the women in his life. He was done. So I'm going to hire a prostitute to make my life easier. And the other thing is, is right. Richard Gere was standoffish with her and was right. like, he didn't have sex with her until, I mean, she even like initiated the right. blowjob the first night and the whole thing. 
Burt Reynolds would be like, no, mm, I got my boots on <laughs> and nothing you, else. I'm going to pay you. Let's go. That's right. So, yeah. and so he would have been driving a Trans Am in that movie oh, I, instead I, of the. I'd have been fine with the Trans Am. I think Sean would have too. Fuck yeah, he would have. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> but I really did like that, whatever that little silver sports car was. Yeah. I think he was a Lamborghini or it Lotus. Was, I, I think it was remember. a Lotus. Lotus I think yeah. you're right. I think it was a Lotus. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm there with uh, Burt Reynolds is sexy enough that he could have pulled it off. The one that I did not get was Al Pacino. Not at all. I mean, he was so old. At, I don't want to say he was so old. He was probably like my age. But at... Right, and probably Richard Gere's age too, but he was not sexy. I don't think of Al Pacino as sexy, right. and I do think of that way with 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 Richard. Gere. Right, I think of Al Pacino as a gangster at that time. Right, he's Scarface. Um, so Karen Allen, I didn't know who Karen Allen was, but I copied and pasted it from the internet. So Karen Allen, whoever that is, Molly Ringwald, Mary Steenburgen, Diane Lane, and Michelle Pfeiffer all turned down the job of. Um, mm-hmm. Julie Roberts' character. What was it? Vivian? Vivian. Yeah. They all turn on the character of Vivian. I, I'm surprised with that. Again, Mich- Michelle Pfeiffer, Diane Lane, Molly Ringwald, they're all... I mean, Molly Ringwald wasn't older, but the rest of them are all older actresses. I, I, For sure. Older they're older than Julie, than Julie Roberts. Roberts. Like, Diane Lane, when she was in Outsiders, like, if she was around that... I mean, Outsiders was 70-something. One was Pretty Woman. But if she was 89. anywhere near that age, then I could see her. Um, the other that. one, so Jennifer Connelly and Wynonna Ryder were turned down when they auditioned for it, which that didn't surprise me. Right. When Julia Roberts was cast, Steel Magnolias hadn't come out yet, so she was still relatively unknown. Um, she'd only come out with Mystic Pizza at that point. She won a Golden Globe, a Best Actress Golden Globe for her role as Vivian, which I thought, I think... Appropriate. That, yeah, I think that was good. All right, so... I think you guys know this. You probably read it in the notes that I had for this week, but the jewelry box scene where he slams the jewelry box on her, that was all improvised, Mm -hmm. which to me is, you know, it's iconic. I mean, everybody knows that scene, but I think part of the reason why it's so iconic is because it's so authentic. Yeah. I mean, her Her laugh. laugh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. It's amazing. It is. It's so good and infectious and Mm -hmm. I love that scene. Um, So Richard Gere composed the piece that he played at the piano scene and he really plays the piano. That was impressive. I did not know that. I didn't either. I thought that was impressive. Um, so this is what I thought was interesting. So the movie was going to be a much darker look at prostitution and drug use. So what was Vivian's friend's name? Do not know. Uh, we'll call her Vivian's friend. <laughs> VF for short. So VF was supposed to, in the original, uh, like overdose and die. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be this look at prostitution and, you know, and it was so dark. Yeah. The studio came by and said, you know, that's not, that's not going to win it or whatever. But um, can you imagine like how different a story it would be if that was the way that it had gone? Yeah. I just read that recently and Julie Roberts said that she was obviously very happy that it, that one didn't come out mm-hmm. because it would have probably set her career off in a totally different direction if it got any attention at all. Uh, and maybe, maybe, maybe not. You never know. Yeah. But to your point, being the America's Sweetheart rom-com right. type is probably not in the cards at that point, right? Right. Um, so going back to the jewelry box scene, you know, one of the things that I really love about Julia Roberts is how authentic she is. I, I love my favorite part of that movie is the breakfast scene where she's sitting there eating a croissant and a pancake and uh-huh. she's in a robe. And I don't know why, but I just love that scene. I think it's so good. Yeah. What are your guys' favorite scenes from the movie? I don't know, if, again, if I have a favorite favorite, but when she goes into the uh, shop. Ah, that's, yeah. And does the, uh, you guys work on commission here, right? Mistake. Big mistake. Huge. Huge. Yes, that is a good one. Yeah. Um, and in fact, my.
Michael all night, our producer, knowing that we're having this uh, conversation is just saying, I just want to let her shop from Romeo and Michelle. He's been saying that all night long. <laughs> so I had to give him a plug because he was so excited about that. What's your favorite? I think my favorite part was when she first went into the hotel with Richard Gere. Watching Lucy Ball, Lucille Ball. And- that and... It just was like a part of her life that she, well, she's never experienced that part of life. Like, oh my God, this is so nice and blah, blah, blah. And I didn't know that here you are, you're afraid of heights and you're in the penthouse. And (laughs) right. But it was just really, I don't know. That is a sweet story. Um, The other scene that I loved was the bathroom scene singing. Prince. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. That is such a good scene mm-hmm. where she's singing Prince. And like, I think every one of us has probably replayed that at some point, right? Right. I think that's adorable. All right. So, um, so this, so last week we talked about the has and have nots as we were talking about, um, the, uh, dirty dancing where you had the rich people and then the poor people and they were trying to become rich. In this case, again, you have kind of the whole poor lifestyle versus the rich lifestyle and what is this and what is that. And, you know, one of the things this rag to riches story that I really enjoyed was this idea. And to your point with the, with the store, don't judge a person with the way they look. Don't judge a person based on how they're dressed or whatever. And I think that really spoke to people in our age group coming from an era where, you know, this sort of opulent luxury, Izod brand and, you know, Burberry, those kinds of things were so present and attainable for us. And yet it still was like, well, not everything's designed by labels. And so I always thought that that was kind of, I I think that's why in some respects it kind of resonated with us is because, oh, we could be Julia Roberts. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I really like that aspect of the movie yes that's just me all right the most uh traumatic scene for me when i don't know his name george costanza the friend yes and he tries to do his thing with julia roberts and he hits her and yep i I couldn't believe that all of that happened and now you know here in the me too movement we're seeing that that happens more often than we think right i remember being a kid that was really traumatic do you guys remember it that way it was disturbing yeah for sure yes very yeah i was i freaked me out it really freaked me out um okay one last question we're getting near our end so the whole there was a story if you remember julia roberts had mentioned in the movie how she wanted a guy on a white knight riding in and the fairy tale and that's what richard gear did was rode in and his limo or whatever do you think the fact that richard gear came in and saved her and I know in the movie, she's like, she saves him right back. But let's be honest. And, and he's got the money. He's saving her. He's bringing her out of poverty. He's paying for shit, blah, blah, blah. Do you think that took away from the movie? Like, would you have rather have seen an ending that's more like, okay, she got her money. Now she went to college. She got a degree. She's got an apartment. She's working somewhere. And now she bumps into Richard Gere and they start going to coffee and it blossoms. Like, maybe a totally different movie, right? Would it? I mean, you'd still like have the was... whole beginning part and you would still hand her the $3,000 at the end and they would have the whole, and she... I like that they made a connection. I do too. That it ended up becoming more about, I mean, it is cliche to say she saved him too, but in a way, like he didn't have that connection with another person. True. And he 
gained that with her. So he did get a lot back from her. I could see that. I could see that. I just, I would have loved to have had, even if it was like a six week, you know, like he had gone off and then he came back to LA and he was looking out the window and thought, uh, and then went back and found her and she's doing really well and she's saved herself and everything was good. Or we could have pretty woman too. And she's doing all that. True. That is true. (laughs) What do you think? I, I think maybe two different movies if it, were to go that that way yeah because I, I so going back to another one of her movies um sleeping with the enemy mm-hmm. when she's at the school you know she's getting her college classes and she's doing really good and right. she meets the guy like i'm so proud of her i'm like look at you go you left your deadbeat rich husband who was beating your ass you know now you're taking care of yourself and now you meet someone or or you you are getting romantically involved with someone yeah and, and you're doing awesome and i'm like I'm so happy for you. Yeah. I was happy for her with the Richard Gere story, but I also was like, eh, there is just a teeny tiny part of me that was like, I kind of wish it had gone this direction. You can see that. Okay. Yeah. You don't think I'm, I'm judging crazy. you for it? I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Sean is, but that's okay. <laughs> All right. Anything else pretty woman related that we haven't talked about tonight? Any other scenes that you remember that you loved? I remember the scene with the uh, racetrack when she goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought that was hilarious, you know. So I like many the good music. Scenes. What was your favorite song? Pretty Woman. <laughs> Could be. Okay. I can't think of any of the other songs that were in it. I mean, I just watched the movie the other night and I can't really. All right, we're looking. I think it was probably like one of the last oh. songs in the movie, actually. No, it was all these 80s songs, like. <laughs> Wild Woman Do from Natalie oh, Cole, yeah. Fame from David Bowie. It must have been Love from Roxette, which I swear to God, my love that song. My crazy ass husband loves Roxette because <laughs> of that stupid ass song. Like yeah. he remembers his glory days in a mullet, <laughs> listening to Roxette right there. Yep, uh huh. Um, Real Wild Child was good, of course. Oh yeah, Woman. I love that song. Right. So to your point, it's a good soundtrack. But it is as, like, late 80s, early 90s as they come. I mean, Natalie Cole on a soundtrack is like, clearly this is late 80s, That was 80s. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. So you're right. The soundtrack was awesome. For those of you who are still listening, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I think we had a great time. I'm sorry that we had to start this podcast twice, you guys. I apologize. Thank you to our producer for his comments that he participated in. And uh, hopefully you will join us next time on My Poor Friends. Bye. Say bye, you guys. Bye. Bye, you guys. (laughs) Bye.